Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Dragon's Demise, the podcast about what happens on, around, and behind the tabletop. I'm Greg, joined today by Leslie. Hello. By Hunter. Hello. And by Jacob. Hello. Uh, and you can probably hear some of the chatter in the background. We are coming to you from Washington. Uh, we tried to wait till the end when we could hear ourselves think and when <laughs> you could hear us talk. Yep. Um, but it has been a whirlwind of a weekend. Uh, we've got lots of updates. So let's get into it. Jacob, I know you had the most, like, organized stuff of the weekend with your panels. Why don't you talk to us about that? Yeah, we had some fun stuff there. I was in charge of both like some of the streaming stuff and then also the, the panels themselves. I actually only really sat in on two of those, one of which I was a part of, the other one of which I was actually moderating. So I'll start, I guess, talking about the one that I, that I was a part of. I was part of the content creators panel. So that was... Makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> I mean... It was Christina from Blue Bag Pink Peg. We had Anna Maria Jackson Phelps from uh, Girls mm-hmm. Game Shelf, Glenn Flaherty from Board Games and Bourbon, Jesse from uh, Quackalope, and uh, myself. And that was also moderated by Elizabeth Hargrave. So oh, nice. That was fun. And yeah, we, she mentioned that there was a snafu of what content creation meant. Yes, oh. that, that, <laughs> that was pretty hilarious because we had multiple people in the room who thought content creation meant making like board games or like content in terms of actually like making things for board like games. manufacturing like, specifically? Not even manufacturing, just like designing and that kind of stuff and more of that, that line of like creating content. Interesting. Like creating the contents of like a box or something I like that. I, could, I could see that. Yeah. As, that's an honest mistake. Yeah. yeah, and I mean like it, it totally is, but it's this one that I definitely wouldn't even have thought of because, well, I'm on the internet so much as someone who makes like YouTube videos right. and all that kind of stuff and it's such lingo that I, that I don't even you think about. You know about the YouTubes and the influencers. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. The Twitter. The Twitter. The Twittergrams. Oh, I don't know very much about the Twittergrams. But it was, it was a lot of fun. We got to talk a lot about like, you know, what are some things that people look for in content creation? Like what are just good ways to like approach it? Things like, you know, whether it's reviewing, whether it's like, you know, how, how to uh, create and maintain uh, relationships with publishers, with game designers, other things like that. And like, you know, just the different types of content that we created. So I thought it was a pretty good panel. I, I enjoyed sitting there talking with everyone and it was interesting because I was, this was, I think, the first time that I was on the other side of the discussion. I'm usually the moderator. Right. I don't think I've ever actually been panelist. <laughs> Did you freeze up under pressure? No, not really. Nice. Good I job. mean, I was also like, I also had the, still like the other stuff, the tech stuff that I was taking care of, just making sure that everything was working. So, you know, cool. As per usual. And then I moderated the marketing panel. Uh, which was also pretty interesting. Uh, we had a few people um, whose names I'm going to completely forget because this has been a weekend. Um, <laughs> but I know that uh, Anna Marie was on that one. One of the creators of ooh, one of the conventions around here. There's a convention in Frederick. She's she's one of the like people who created that. And then Glenn Flaherty was there, and then the head marketing person, Bruce uh, Vogue, I think his name? Or Vogue for Northstar. Yeah. Huh. So they, cool. they were there. We talked about, like, you know, uh, how to get your message out there, talking about the audience and things like that. And it was a very informative panel. I thought it was pretty good, especially had pretty decent attendance for something that started at 10.30 in the morning on a right. Sunday. So that was good. Uh, the other panels, I think, went really well. We had a good game design panel. And always. Yeah, yeah as always. Uh, we had Elizabeth Hargrave on that. We had uh, Dr. Croft from Cat Lily Games. We had John Gilmore from uh, Pandasaurus. 
and also Sarah from Pandasaurus, I believe, as well. Uh, uh, I don't think she works for Pandasaurus. She's well, actually like, she, I think she is basically a mentory of Jonathan Gilmore. Like, okay. Not oh. officially part of the company. Yeah. I believe oh, interesting. Yeah. He he like put out an advertisement on Facebook to just network with people to find someone to join them. Sorry, there's some uh, background noise. Yep. Because we're still at the con. Anyway, she she is basically being mentored by him to become a game designer, from what I understand. That's cool. super cool. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. What, she, what she said at dinner was, I don't work for Pandasaurus, I work for John. Yes. Ah, okay. Uh, okay. Gotcha. I missed that. Yep. Yeah. Um, there were many dumplings. Yes. Yeah, my you. face was very full. Which Greg forgot. I did. I realized it halfway back to my house. I left the dumplings on the like one of the tables. Yes. Well, yeah, that sounds like fun. Yeah, it was. Good panels. And then there was the LARP panel yes. with you were present but Marshall was kind of like well no I was present at the like very beginning of it and then I think during that panel is when I had to run home for the second time on Saturday <laughs> to go get more stuff so that I could set stuff up to actually work yeah. in the streaming setup that's a convention yep yeah so that was me pretty much running around and also doing those uh, other than that uh yeah wants to go next I mean, I don't even know what I did the last two days. <laughs> I helped out in the tiny adventure room, mm-hmm. which oh, yeah. what I didn't DM anything, but uh, the tiny adventures is essentially little Lego dungeons. Um, there was tiny mystery mm-hmm. um, where Thomas uh, very greatly enjoyed using all of his fun voices <laughs> and uh, tiny out. dungeon, which is like a dungeon crawl. Everything is. And all of the sets are built out of Legos, and you get basically you go in and you can build your little tiny person, and you get to keep your tiny person and little different attributes you get from the tiny person. And then the end was a tiny escape. So on tiny escape was a little bit more structured, more like an escape room. Sure. Yeah. So I helped out with the rush of people buying tickets first thing on Saturday morning. Yep. Um, I then was snagged to help out with the biggest. Welcome to game um, mm, to start off yep. the Iron Meeple. Yeah. I got to be a card Vanna. <laughs> there's some. Uh, very cute doing it. Yeah, there's some pictures on the Washington Photos Instagram account of me just holding up um, pieces of paper. I'm holding up my hands right now, and you can't see because it's a podcast, and I am sorry. But if you check out the Instagram feed for Washington Photos, there's pictures of me holding up construction six uh, and so on. Uh, yeah. So there were three of us holding up the cards so that everyone could see. Makes sense. Um, nice. And I kind of helped them set up some of the Iron Meeple stuff. Uh, I don't know what I did after that, I, honestly. Mm-hmm. I a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I wandered around a lot. Oh, I helped out in the board game library because they needed help in there because they had a huge rush of people. Oh, I played Space Base. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. How was that? I mean, the game is fine, but I don't... It's hard to manage those little cubes. I always end up bumping things, and while I won, I'm not entirely sure if I won. (laughs) Sure, you fudged Uh, it. Or you may have accidentally fudged it. Right. I Mm. bumped my cube, and if I... If I was where I thought I was, then I won. And if I was one behind that, then I didn't win. Yeah. So gotcha, gotcha. It was still entertaining, but uh, yeah, that's part of why I don't really love that game. Yeah, but checks out. Um, you got to we play went, some medium last night too. Yeah. Well, we went to dinner and then we played medium, um, which 
is I've talked already about on our Gen Con podcast. Um, so if you enjoy party games but don't particularly care for bluffing, I highly recommend it. Um, we had some interesting moments. Yeah. And then we chatted with Elizabeth Hargrave until like one in the morning. Yeah. It was yeah. Pretty great. So it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It was a good conversation. We were chatting about all kinds of things and travel and. Sure. Um, about yeah. her experience at the Spieldeshars ceremony. Yeah. Which, oh, is really I, cool. which I then asked her about today when I did her Jenga interview. <laughs> I asked her about how the Spieldeshars <laughs> experience. You were doing, it was research. You were, yes. Yeah. Well, I didn't know I was interviewing her at that time oh, when wow. we were talking, but. Yeah, and then this morning, <laughs> I really don't remember. Today what. was a blur. Yeah. Today was a serious blur. I just, I mean, I don't particularly at Washington Con have a specific job. I never pick anything that I'm volunteering for unless they ask me to do a panel, which nobody asked me about panels this year. Mm-hmm. So I just wander around and wait for somebody to go, we need help. And inevitably somebody needs help with something. Always. So. Yep. Um, including me twice yeah <laughs> yeah well we'll get to that yes um when we chat is that but, a good segue but uh, i did interview elizabeth which was yeah. pretty cool it was really interesting to chat with her about being uh, a prominent female figure in board games because mm-hmm. i mm. asked her if that was you know getting exhausting and she said she was it was important and it, she was happy to do it and i was really awesome. excited to hear that yeah so yeah. that's good I'm yeah glad. And in somewhere in there, I helped Greg with some Spirit Island that he's yeah, going to chat about. I did. I did do some Spirit Island. So, uh, of course I did. The name of the game for me this weekend was Teaching. So I... I don't know even more than that. You were hurting. <laughs> so it wasn't so bad. So I basically all day on Saturday taught people how to play Charterstone. We have uh, what we call the Washington Legacy Game this year. Uh, there was a bracket and the attendees selected on Facebook that... Charterstone was going to be the legacy game. So we've had a number of time slots and different rotating sets of people can come in and play a single campaign of Charterstone. They play each a game and then they rotate out and the next people come in, which is great because, you know, it's this collaborative effort. And at the end, I imagine we're probably going to post a picture of the board and say, hey, huge thank you to everybody who made this a reality. And that's mm-hmm. really cool to feel like you're a part of something. Yeah. Not but, only that, but it's also going to be next year in the game library as Charterstone that you can play the standalone okay, did ver- that, yeah. version of Charterstone. <laughs> that's cool. But what I did not consider was that, practically speaking, this means that each of the games you're teaching an entirely new crop of people. And it's not just, this is game one of Charterstone six times. Mm-hmm. By the time you reach game six, these are people who need to learn two and a half games worth of rules yeah. yeah. in order to like catch it. So and it's you just, have to remember which rules are in effect and which ones aren't. Exactly. So it's it's a lot of uh, like catch up and a lot of redundancy. Yeah. Um, and so that that just was my that was my entire Saturday. Yeah. And then this morning I started off with that until I was over to the Spirit Island tournament, which Leslie graciously helped me organize. I was like, you um, gotta go. People are excited. They're like, can I just camp out at this spot for Spirit Island now, please? Huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was really cool. We had uh, a tournament structure sent over to us by Eric Royce. Basically, you play a series of increasingly difficult games. You start out with like the straight-up training game, where it's you know uh, low-complexity spirits, the static progression cards, no adversary, no scenario, no fancy mm-hmm. crap. Then you go a little bit harder. You use the base game non-low-complexity spirits against Brandenburg Prussia Level 1. Kick it up a notch. And then the final game is you get to pick your own spirits, but you pick your spirits before you see the board. 
and then we shuffle the board, and uh, you show up, and you're facing England level two. So it was good. Um, I I think people had a lot of fun. I was surprised actually that there were some new players. Yeah, um, there's who, a whole table full of well, new players. There are a lot of people still. I mean, I know some people that came here and they were like, the number one game I want to play this weekend is Spirit Island. Yeah. And that hadn't played it before. Yeah. So uh, I do think it was definitely a, a, like a crash course for a lot of those people, especially because we ramped up so fast. It was like, it's not just, you know, when I teach people, I like to do a series of three games, but it's a much more graduated curve. Yeah, the, it's not. You play for an hour and then we take the game away from you. <laughs> <laughs> But I do think, and, and they said as much, so this isn't just conjecture. The people who were learning told us that they, they did have a good time. I don't know if they were going to buy it themselves, but I think we made a good impression. Uh, and overall, I think people had a lot of fun with the tournaments. Actually, as we speak, uh, they're playing game 11 of Charterstone right now. Yeah. So I think the plan, tentatively, yep. is for... Uh, we're not going to play game 12 tonight because we're kind of wrapping up, but instead we're going to take it, and then staff is going to get to play game 12 nice. at the, like, thank you for volunteering, thank you for working the con type <laughs> yep. of the game. The like, one party. we can never schedule. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I think that'll be, if it does happen, uh, I think it'll be nice, uh, like, as a gesture to staff. So I look forward yeah. to seeing the end results of that. Yeah. So I'm actually curious, um, before we move on from Spirit Island, uh, how does scoring work for this? How do you win the tournament? Right, so this was really, it was an interesting scoring structure. So you're competing to get the lowest score. You okay. can have negative points. Yeah. You play for an hour, and that's it. You, If you haven't finished the game, if you haven't won the game at the end of that hour, you get five minutes to finish your current turn. And mm-hmm. if you can't, then it's just suspended immediately. And you get minus 100 points if you beat the game, like if you actually won the game. Yeah. You get minus, uh, I think it's like two or three points per Dahan remaining on the island, mm-hmm. and you get, I think that's actually the only way you can lose points. And then you gain points yeah. based on how many towns and cities and explorers are left, but only if you haven't already moved past the fear threshold. So if, you, if you're in terror level three, it doesn't matter, your, city, your towns are worth nothing, Yeah, but your cities are still worth three. Hmm. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And then you also gain plus 20 points per card remaining in the invader deck. Mm. Which this is the thing that strikes me as most interesting because that does mean that if you win really, really fast, like if you win on turn two, that's still like a net gain of points. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Like that's a net negative effect for you. Yeah. So it kind of, I guess, encourages uh, you to take, like, you're, you're facing the time pressure, but you also want to take your time and not, like, rush too quickly because then you lose. I, it's interesting. Mm. There was a tension there that I couldn't quite identify, and I'm sure if we ever get a chance to talk to Eric, one of the things that I'll talk to again, one of the <laughs> things that I'll talk to him about is why the scoring structure is set up that way because he actually apparently sent us this document, like, himself. Well, well he sent us the document, um, a link to the document, but I don't think that he was the one creating it. Oh, interesting. So I'm pretty sure that the way that it worked was that other people, like, were creating it. It was almost like running by, by him. They're still like working out a lot of the kinks. It's not like fully complete, I don't think. Gotcha. Well, they but, ran a Spirit Island tournament yeah. at Gen Con, yeah. and I think yeah. at Origins as well. Maybe. No, 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 no. Yeah. I think that they they did run that, um, but I think that they're still like not 100 percent. They're they, they, they're it. still they're, It's still subject to change in the future. Yeah. So. But it was good. Well, I, I, I mean, think everything was, is an iterative process. True. 
to it. It was interesting. It was interesting, for sure. I mean, it was good enough to run at Gen Con, but good enough to run at Washington, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of teaching. Oh, and then uh, I do not want to let this go. Once again, Bill. Uh, yeah, Bill's amazing. Boom, uh, boom, boom, Bill. <laughs> who always runs two rooms in a boom. Uh, he doesn't call himself that. I call him that. I hope he doesn't listen to this. Um, I want to give a huge shout-out to him. In addition to running two rooms in a boom this year, he also ran a game called Blood on the Clock Tower, yeah. which I had heard of and was really excited to try. And he was absolutely fantastic in just saying, like, hey, I know you guys. I know you want to play this. I know you're super busy. We'll make time for you to, to get it done. So... Uh, that was really fantastic, and a uh, huge thank you to Bill for also running a great game. Like, it was yep. really, really cool. It nice. really ran Even it if well. I don't like social deduction games, which is exactly what this was. <laughs> yeah. And I shot myself and probably my team in the foot. Yes. Um, he said it. I was on the other He team. liked that it was not, there's no player elimination. Yes. yes. Yeah, it's it, it's similar to, like, uh, Werewolf or uh, Mafia, where you're, like, eliminating players over the course of the game, you can execute townsfolk by day, and then the demon kills people at night. But players that are killed stay in the circle, and nobody there's no public announcement of what their role was, unless like they reveal it themselves. So they can no, they still deliberate. They, they, they can't. Well, they can say it, but they can't reveal it. Oh, yeah, that's true. They can't reveal it. They can only say. They can only. They can um, still lie. They can still claim whatever. So yeah, like you can be killed, but you're never eliminated, which is a really fantastic, yeah. I think. And, and the way that it is, that works with that is that you you still get one. First of all, you get to work uh, work in all the deliberations and all that talk. That's fine. But you also still have one vote for the rest of the game on whether or not to kill someone. Um, and your vote, the longer that it goes, the more that it counts because the votes are based on like 50% uh, majority of the living people. Right. So if a so, dead person casts a vote, you have like an outsized impact on yeah, that majority. Exactly. So it, it, it does have an interesting balancing mechanic there. Yeah. yeah. Keeps people, I didn't, I yeah. had forgotten about that. Yeah. It was, it was very interesting though. Mm -hmm. So. Well, yeah, I know, Hunter, you, segue, uh, did a lot of teaching as well. I did. That's kind of my bread and butter here. Um, I did do one interview with Dominic Krepuchitz. I, wanna, I yep. hope I said that right, of um, North Star. Mm -hmm. uh, but I taught a lot of games. There were, like, two games that I saw constantly that needed teachers that I didn't know. Mm. One was Carpe Diem, and yeah. the other was Dinosaur Island, which by the time mm. I finally learned it this morning... No, I, uh, everyone already, I guess, had that people was to so teach them how to play it. Ugh. Yeah, it was it was very strange because yesterday it was like all over the place. Yeah. Um, again, taught Scythe, taught a little bit of Black Angel, uh, Islebound. Uh, I don't know what else. Splendor came out a lot more this weekend for some reason. Um, Somebody was saying there's like a new Marvel edition of Splendor. There is, or something. but it's not out yet. Oh. It's coming out. Maybe yeah, it's, maybe it's hype for that. Mm. Yeah, we talked about it at dinner. Yeah, at dumplings. Yeah. Dumpling dinner. Don't really have a lot else to say. Just I really enjoy teaching games, and it was a lot of fun teaching games. I'm currently on pause in the middle of an Edge of Darkness game with Elizabeth Hargrave and one of my friends. Nice. So how, I don't. How is Edge of Darkness? I know I'm I've, super hype. We had intended to play it, but time got away from I've us. I played it like 14 times since I got it, like less than a month ago. It's a lot of times. Yeah, that is a lot of times. It's not a short game, right? It is with two players. It's under an hour. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So right. we'll see. I mean, over there we're in the middle of round three, and it goes pretty quick once everybody commits to doing stuff. So. So we had a four-player game that went real long. Yes, we did, but I, I don't. I'm not sure if that was a good indication of how long that game actually takes. Okay. So. <laughs> you think we'll it was see. a player issue? It's well, it was the only time I've played, so I don't really have anything else to compare. Sure. To. Yeah. 
Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I played a few games. I played Quacks of Quedlinburg quite a few times today. <laughs> back building, a... back building, back building. And push your luck. Yep. Back so building. So I had a lot of fun with that. And mm -hmm. I, I think the game of the con that I played that I was the most disappointed in was Architects of the West Kingdom. Oh, really? I, I haven't found that, that utterly disappointed. I was like, I would rather just play any of the half a dozen other Euro games that all do similar things. The people I played with said Raiders of the North Sea they liked better, and it's by the same designer, yeah. Yeah. same type of thing. So, yeah. uh, I'm, I have never tried it, and I'm looking oh, forward really? to trying that. Now. Well, I am. I'm kind of curious to see. Because I know Raiders is considered the best of the North Sea saga, yeah, and yeah. it was the last. So yeah. I kind of wonder because Paladins of the West Kingdom is out now too, right? Yes. Uh, is it? I or, think. Or I know it's coming that, out. I know yeah. that a Kickstarter has already ended. Yeah. For mm -hmm. a so while I, ago. I wonder if this is going to be another one where they sort of have to. They've changed theme a little bit. They've changed maybe mechanics. I wonder if they just have to find their footing again. I don't know because I think that each of these games is very different, like in, from each other. But this isn't also the first time that I've heard that Architects of the West Kingdom is just meh. That's true. So. I don't know. I'm looking. I'm still gonna try it for sure at some point. I mean, it's been sitting on my shelf, so I would try it again. Yeah, but yeah, I do. I do like Raiders of North Sea. Yeah, I think that's about it. We. I mean, it's been a full. It's been a whirlwind. Forty-eight hours. We basically longer. divided and conquered. It's yeah. every I direction. Mean, we crushed more than it. Forty-eight hours because we started on Friday night with dumplings, yes. right. <laughs> which we keep alluding to. But King not Kong actually Lemon. talking about... Yes, King Kong Lemon. <laughs> um, bubble tea. Would you like to tell the story of the dumpling place? I mean... Do we want to give away our secret? Is that... No. no? We no. want to keep the attendance down? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I will say... Um, DC has pretty good dumplings. That's all DC I'll say. DC has good dumplings, and uh, dumplings may have become a Washington tradition now. And if you really want a dumpling recommendation, you can find us and talk to us in person. We're not going to put it on the internet. <laughs> fair enough. That's fair. But there's also bubble tea. And for yep. some reason, the lemon is called King Kong Lemon. Not not King Kong Lemon, but King Kong Lemon right. uh, every time. And yep. uh, it's really good. All caps, one word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not a thing anywhere else, but this one place. So. And we also consistently order way too much oh, to stop. So I warned everyone, and no one listened. <laughs> you also ordered like three things. <laughs> you uh, were by the time you all got there, you were complicit. I only ordered one entree for two people, and then we just bummed so off the dumplings. I mean, I only I ordered one plate of dumplings. Yeah, so. but uh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we have been going for you know probably like fifty-six hours. <laughs> yep. So it's been a lot. So. Uh, with that, I think that we will sign off. So uh, a little bit of short episode today. Uh, thank you all for joining us. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. And uh, be sure to keep your eye out for some content from WashingCon, yeah. uh, the two Jenga interviews that we did. So, yeah. Alrighty. Night. I'm, I'm, I'm sleeping now. Have, bye. Uh, bye, everyone. Bonk.